the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to hour two of tonight's Andrea K show. Um, uh, I see up on the monitors that there's continued um, processions and things related to uh, Queen Elizabeth's passing and, um, you know, whatever, whatever's going on over there. I'm not going to continue to provide any coverage. If there's anything that you feel is important, you want to share, give me a buzz. 888-344-1170. Um, you know, quite frankly, you know, I, I think what we need to be looking at this point going forward is understanding, as I talked about on Friday, that, uh, King Charles is a head of state. And in spite of the fact that typically, traditionally, they're supposed to keep mom, not have social media accounts, et cetera, over politics as the head of state, he absolutely will be involved in politics. And he's quite the little lefty libtard. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that that the UK is going to and the and the the British people over there they wanted Brexit, which I don't think ever officially happened, right? Uh, and you know, so I don't know what's going to happen with the UK going forward. Do you have any predictions you want to share? Eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Last hour, I put this little pop culture question out there. Somebody posted it on my Facebook today. 888-344-1170. By the way, follow me on the socials. Email me at Andrea K. Show. Um, 888-344-1170 is our live line. I did get an email from a listener who um, said that it worked for all three of her family. Last hour, we said that th- this is the first, uh, I think they've been waiting for this for a thousand years. This is the first time, I think, in world history to where we all share the same age. And that is 2022. 2022 and the way it works is you take your age plus your the year of your birth which is the full year all four digits 1975 whatever it is age plus 19 or whatever it is and i'm only going to go 19 um is 2022 so let me know if that works for you and if not mathematicians been waiting for this day (laughs) all right here's another little pop culture thing that um i've been saying for a long time I worked my, uh, you know, um, I, I, y'all know that when it comes to the student loan thing, I'm against the student loan loan um, payoffs by taxpayers because I worked my way through college, working multiple nights a week, took out the little, least amount that I had to, and took me 11 years to pay off my student loans. And um, I was able to, to, you know, put myself through college and have to, you know, I worked as a waitress. 
And as a waitress, I made tips, particularly as a cocktail waitress. And I worked most holidays. I worked New Year's Eve because that's where you could maximize your money, right? When you're working on tips and we hustled. And let me tell you, you don't know hustle until you've been working a three, a three for one night in Louisiana. I'm talking three cocktails for the price of one, right? And let me, what we would do with our tray, I, we would have to wrap our, our, our wrist uh, with um, like ace bandages to provide support because Louisianians know how to drink, baby. But if you could hustle on like, especially like a three for one night, you could make buku tips. So we hustled for our tips. So it began to really bug me years ago when I, I was like going into the dry cleaner, they got a tip jar out. Like, what do you need a tip for me for? I'm here to drop off my my dresses for for some dry cleaning. You know, here's your, and I and you know and I would joke at times and here's your tip, buckle up for safety. Look both ways for crossing the street. the street. What you looking for me for a tip for? I've been saying this for years and now everywhere we go somebody's looking for a tip. There was an article skins printed out for me. This is a a national story but we got the article from ABC 10 News here in San Diego. Americans are feeling tipping fatigue. You're dang right. We, you know, it's no wonder that Americans feel like it's that they're entitled and justified to having their student loan wiped out. By the way, Breitbart has a poll up. The majority of Americans right now uh, say that they they don't want to vote for somebody that supported this. Talk about a bipart a bipartisan issue. That's making people who didn't go to college or people who did go to college, particularly your minorities and your low income people, pay for somebody's college education. That's a bipartisan no no. But I'll tell you something else it is, particularly at a time right now where inflation's at a 40-year high, people can't afford to pay their rent, people still paying here close to $6 a gallon of gas, and every time they turn around, somebody's trying to suck a tip out of them when they're doing nothing. These baristas that can't even get your coffee order right and they're looking for a tip. My rule of thumb is, if I'm going in and taking food out, you haven't done any service deserving of a tip. Everywhere I go now, I picked up some donuts at the donut shop for my family this weekend. And up comes the choices for a tip. And we're talking about like 25%. Like you're already charging me $5 a donut. And this little schmo who's handing me a box, doing nothing more than handing me a box of donuts, is looking for a 25% tip. No. That's a, that's a, that's a definitely a hail no, H-A-Y-E-L. That's what I have to say about that. Here's what uh, this article has to say here. Americans feeling tipping fatigue. They're saying um, that sometimes the default tipping amount is quite high. We're talking 20, 25%. And it forces, this one person said, forces people to step back and go, what's going on? What lay, you know, the attitude of entitlement and snowflake mentality that people don't have to work hard to make any money, that everybody's entitled to it. The reason why we made tips as waitresses is we didn't get paid minimum wage. If we didn't work hard and hustle and give good service, we didn't make any money. And if we went above and beyond, it would be reflected in our tip. We were compensated for how hard we worked in our hustle. And now it's all about people just standing there doing nothing and thinking they deserve some money. Software company Square found that tipping at sit-down restaurants has remained at around 20%. And when it comes to takeout, people are tipping less. Yeah, because you should. The average tip at places like cafes and coffee shops fell from 17.2% in March uh, to, I don't see the number here, in February 2022. 
Uh, this person said, I think for some of us, it's pushing our boundaries, especially at a time when there's a discussion of economic recession and discussion of infl- inflation. We got to protect our financial well-being. Yeah. Um, it's just gotten out of control. This has been a cultural shift. Um, this person says sometimes, so if you're going to a coffee shop and you can't afford to leave a 35% tip and that's the default, don't do it. Don't fret about it. Right. There's a couple of places that I actually tip outside of a restaurant. One's actually my car detail guy because he works hard. Right. And there's actually, there's one coffee shop I go to only because I'm friends with the owner. Do I ever tip? But if I go to any other coffee shop, I'm sorry. You you get what the price of the beverage is. I used to run a cash register at Fasulo Drugs in high school, one of my high school jobs, and I was paid a minimum wage. So no, I didn't have a tip jar out there. What was I supposed to be? What was I supposed to be getting a tip for? My job? That's what I was being paid to do. And I accepted the job at minimum wage because that was fair compensation for what the job was because the job was a no-skill job. If your only skill that's being implemented is putting some donuts in a box, you don't have a need to get a tip. Now, I do tip the people when I board Gator down at Bark Park. Not a paid sponsor. I love Bark Park. They take care of him. They actually... You know what they did last time I dropped off my boo? They actually did a little watercolor painting that gator supposedly made for me i mean i can watch on the videotape how they just totally love on my boo i give them a little tip they go above and beyond what they're just being paid by the hour to give good service what do you guys think i mean do you feel like tipping has gone too far or do you feel like minimum wage is so low that people should get extra i don't think so because minimum wage jobs were never supposed to be head of household jobs. 888-344-1170. James is on the line for Mission Valley. He's got a comment on local government and SANDAG, which is our San Diego Association of Governments. Hey, James, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the fact that um, they're going to be pushing this mileage tax uh, basically down the voters' uh, throats. And... Um, even though there's been a lot of uh, vocal um, opposition to it. And um, it just brings up, like you're, you were talking about making ends meet, I think it's going to really affect the average person in San Diego County. And um, there are very few voices who are like people like the mayor of Coronado, Richard Bailey, and um, Jim Desmond on the board of supervisors. They are one of the very few who are vocal against it, but Sandag is just pushing this uh, mileage tax and they're pushing the billion dollar mass transit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, we live in a very spread out. San Diego County is not geared toward, there are some pockets that are geared towards commuting, which is great. And then, but I just see them just ignoring the sentiment of the people and I don't know what the people can do. They can't even go to the meetings. I think their meetings are still virtual. Yeah. And um, a lot of people don't even know what they don't know. Sandbag from a from a sandbag. Right. And, and, yeah, and it's not, not, right. Yeah. In fact, they don't know. We talked about it last week. I think his name is something Ikrati, Hassan Ikrati or something like that. He's the guy who's running Sandag right now uh, is a central planner from the old USSR days. And what's, that's, what's, that's what this is about. It's about trying to manipulate and change our culture by 
by inflicting pain on us through things that they like to call a road diet to where they take a very heavy, and this guy's been, did this up in LA, he's done it here in San Diego because before he came down here to take charge of Sandag, he was up in LA. And what they would do is take, and he did this in Mira Mesa, for example, just one of, like the mileage tax, which is meant to make you so miserable with your expenses that you'll stop driving your car, right? You'll take the bus. The road diet is another way in which they've tried to inflict pain on people to, you know, affect social change by taking a heavily trafficked area and removing two or three lanes from it to where people are stuck in traffic for so long that they'll give up wanting to drive their car. You know, they think about how abusive that is that what we have going on at the local state and national level are people under the phony guise of climate change pretending that it's about climate when what it's really about is it's about people control uh, energy energy control is about people con- energy climate change is about people control gun control is about people control uh, COVID was about people control it's all about transforming us from a free society of individuals to a collective society all being crammed together like the old Soviet Union in these high rise buildings have you noticed James that all of our construction these days is these high rise buildings everywhere uh, exactly yeah um, and then they say that certain percentages are quote-unquote affordable um yeah exactly yeah, because they're trying to turn it, it here, San Diego, which was sprawling, all kinds of, you know, developments everywhere and neighborhoods everywhere where people had yards and kids would ride their bikes and they're trying to turn us into Copenhagen, right? That's what they yeah. want to do. And we're, you know, trying to have these bike lanes everywhere. And, you know, it's though, as though, you know, we're, we're sprawling. We're, we're like the sixth largest county. It's like over an hour from one side to the next. We're not. You're bike to Julian, Andrea. Yeah. Yeah, so I thank you for bringing up the mileage tax. It's been something we haven't talked much about. It's been something that's really been a, a hair across uh, potato skins is hide. He's been unhappy about it. Thank well, you for that reminder. Also, not just they want to do it here and locally in San Diego, but they want to do it statewide, too. That's going to be you know double hurt. Yeah, they also want to um, put mileage trackers on our cars that, you know, there's there's a variety of different ways in which they want to punish us financially in order to get us to, you know, to, I mean, all taxation is about social engineering. All of it is. And it's, and, and it's, and, it, and they've been honest about it, James. Barack Obama years ago said, we've got to make gas prices unnaturally high to get people to move people to green energy. All right, James, thank you for calling in. I'm past the point of a break. Got to leave it there. Yeah. Speaking of that, we've got uh, some, some, um, uh, more climate change nonsense to share with you guys on the other side of the break. And what? wait till you hear the Biden administration's solution for the U.S. military families that can't afford to eat. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Get this, Skins. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. The Emmys are on tonight. With- the who? <laughs> totally forgot about the, these awards. Right? I mean, who cares anymore? Who, Not me. even, who even watches regular TV anymore? Is that what they even are for anymore? Like, Because it used to be that was the awards, that was the TV version of the Academy Awards. Now it's like, I don't even, I don't remember the last time I watched anything considered television, i.e., 
NBC, ABC. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. If you can, if you consider A and E television, I'm still. I do. You know, I usually I, have to watch it on the weekends, but I'm still big into Jeopardy. Well, but that's not they. Well, that would be more daytime TV. The Emmys are really for nighttime television, right? But uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody ever really watched the Emmys like they used to watch. Uh, the Academy Awards. Um, but anyway, I mean, at least I used to see people talking about it. I mean, people are so over Hollywood. It's so jumped. The entire, you know, uh, industry has pretty much jumped the shark and in, in, in quite a lot. I just find... Hey, if you're not Tom Cruise, you know, don't bother. Yeah, well, that's not television, by the way. I, I know, don't I'm think he kidding. ever did. I don't think he... Did he ever do TV? A lot of actors do I both. don't think so. I don't think he ever did TV. Um. Okay. I have another piece of pop culture, by the way, to share with you guys. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with the Emmys because it's like, I, you know, I don't watch TV anyway, except the one TV show um, that I that I have recorded and I don't know what to do because, you know, episodes one through three didn't record and it's uh, this final season of Breaking Bad. So if I can't see you never you haven't seen this, you can't comment. Don't make Snow a face, 24. man. You've, how do you know you didn't see it? All I know is they're thinking about bringing 24 back. I'll wait for that. Yeah. Um, did you know, another piece of pop culture, Sticks, listen up to this if you're listening. Oreo has constructed an asteroid-proof bunker in Norway to store their recipes and their cookies in case of any apocalypse. Hey, you know what? Those things are, I'm not much of a sweets guy, but I do like a good Oreo. Good move. Well, I, I, my, the only Oreo I like is double stuff and chocolate dipped. Have you ever had a double stuffed chocolate dipped? No, I like yeah. the mint ones. Yeah, um, I find that I, I find that an odd choice. I think if we're gonna have a bunker, an asteroid proof bunker for certain cookies or recipes, Oreo's not my number numero uno. What's your number one? I don't know. I got to think about that. Probably. Well, cookies aren't my number one jam. It's cake. Do you remember? Oh, it just hit me. Which the is why I like donuts because like they're like the Oreo. Cake. Do you remember grasshopper cookies? No. Yeah, they were kind of a, I forget, I think Keebler made them, but they were just like a really nice mint. Oh, so good. Man, ain't nobody looking for a grasshopper. Ain't nobody looking Not for a real grasshopper. Okay, this isn't for, an Australia story. Nobody's looking for a grasshopper cookie bunker. Okay. If the apocalypse happens, I don't think anybody's going to be going, man, where is that grasshopper cookie bunker? I think you can agree with me. Let's just say the KFC. Uh, yes. Okay. We would need we would need some KFC. We need a bucket and some chicken and Get some that fried chicken bunker going mm, on. We would need a KFC bunker. When it comes to cookies, <sighs> cookies aren't really my numero uno. I would be okay with double stuffed chocolate dipped Oreos. Yeah, I'll um, have to try those. I haven't tried those. Yeah. Yet. So I, I and they probably, but I would probably be more in favor of Hostess having a bunker with some cupcakes, some ding-dongs, some ho-hos, and Twinkies. Anybody got an opinion on this? What do you want to see food-wise, particularly cookie-wise, in a bunker? 888-344-1170. Now I'm hungry for food. Um, this weekend I was crazy hungry for, because um, Skins and I were talking Friday, I think it was, about a roast beef po' boy out of New Orleans. Um, here's a story out of New Orleans, though, that's killing me. We were just talking to, we had a caller call in, and we did a segment, you know, um, last segment about... Uh, 
mileage tax and taxes and people being fatigued to death over tipping because people are just really hurting financially. We've and people so much so to where although I don't think even if we had inflation to 40 year highs, I don't know how many Americans would still be like, yay, cool. Use my taxpayer money to pay off somebody's student loan. No, but I I don't think they would. And so that's a no, no. But right now, when we're 30 trillion dollars in debt, and the government is spending like crazy. People are, people are caring about how their money is being spent. Hey, Joe Biden's lowering gas prices. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Here's a story out of New Orleans. Um, so Mayor Latoya Cantrell, this, which is, and New Orleans is still heavy Democrat, right? This is how much that the American people are suffering right now economically and are sick and dang tired of seeing these elites running off and using our money and flying all around and spending our taxpayers' money like a bunch of drunk frat boys at Mardi Gras to the degree that Mayor LaToya Cantrell, Democrat in a Democrat city like New Orleans, gets questioned about the fact that she flew first class on trips to France and Switzerland, paid for by taxpayers. And you know what her answer was when she was asked about it? And this and and the fact that she was asked about it in a press conference in New Orleans tells you how much people are sick to death of this. Her excuse was, "My travel com- accommodations are a matter of I can't even say it with a straight <laughs> are a matter of safety, not of luxury." She claimed during a press conference on Thursday, as all women know, she says, "Our health and safety are often disregarded, and we are left to navigate alone." So now she's playing the the uh, the victim card. You know how many times I've flown in my life? And I've only flown in first class once. And I never wanted to again, by the way, because this is back when you could smoke in first class. And I actually asked if I could be moved back to coach because that coach was non-smoking at the time, right? So as a woman, I'm not aware of coach being it being a life-threatening situation. Now, I can tell you in her city in New Orleans, I'm not safe anywhere. Of course, you never were safe at any point in New Orleans, but especially now, right? I wouldn't even I wouldn't even want to get out of a limousine and walk into, you know, um, you know, Commander's Palace right now in New Orleans. That's how dangerous it is. But then playing this w- woman card, she goes on to say, as the mother of a young child whom I live for, I'm going to protect myself by any reasonable means in order to ensure I am there to see her grow into the strong woman I am raising her to be. Okay, so first of all, um, when she was flying first class, were there not other women back flying coach skins? So the other women back there, and by the way, uh, you know, you you read as much news as I am. I'm not aware of where is all the are, have we have I missed all these reports of of single women being attacked on airplanes. Apparently, you and I have not been reading writing, uh, reading the the correct newspapers, and there's this problems going on. But I've never read one story about that. I haven't heard. I mean, we've got a crime wave across the country. I mean, I, I'm aware of the crime wave of Black Lives Matter and Antifa beating people with two by fours and burning businesses down. And I'm aware of all the rapists and the murder and everything happening across and the country. every time I fly coach, you know, I'm usually pretty observant of who's around me and I don't see any problems. I haven't seen any of this on an airplane. The only assaults I've seen on the airplane is is uh, people that lowered their mask to, to munch uh, a pecan and didn't put a, uh, a peanut and didn't put it right back up, right? The people that didn't want to wear a mask on an airplane, I'm aware. I'm aware of them being assaulted. And and how is she going to grow her daughter into a strong woman when she ain't even strong enough to fly an economy? She's too scared to fly economy as a mother. Anyone who wants to 
to question how I protect myself. Just doesn't understand the world black women walking. Oh, so it's black women that aren't safe to fly in economy and coach. Skins again, I ask you, where are all these reports of black women being punched in the face, flying economy? I haven't been reading about them. This is the kind of crap that American people are sick of. They're sick of the the um, best defense is a good offense. I'm going to go on the offense and, and dare anybody to question anything I do because it's about hashtag safety. No, this is about hashtag being a pig. Because that's what so many of our elected officials are. They're just pigs at the trough when it comes to our money. That's what pork spending is is a reference to. It's about piggish behavior, being piggy at the trough of taxpayers' money. That's what this is about. Just like Nancy Pelosi. Remember all those years of Nancy Pelosi flying uh, on a private jet paid for by taxpayers back and forth to D.C. every weekend? This woman's worth $400 million. Officials um, were trying to determine if the mayor must repay $30,000 in taxpayers' monies. And this, and, and by the way, why was she ever using even, uh, I mean, according to uh, travel policy for the city, employees must buy the lowest fare and those who choose to upgrade are supposed to pay the difference. What was the mayor of New Orleans doing flying to France and Switzerland? What official business does the mayor of New Orleans have flying over to France? We may have a lot of French stuff going on in Louisiana, but it ain't really got anything to do with Paris, okay? So now the, the local officials are trying to determine if she must repay $30,000 in taxpayer monies for trips. Oops. $30,000. That's a pig right there. And let me tell you, there's so many poor people in New Orleans, held down primarily over the years by Democrat policies, but I'm still sympathetic. And by the way, oh, and, and there is a recall petition uh, that was that was started. It was filed in August against uh, against her um, because of the sky high crime rate. Now, when I was growing up down there, we were always the number one murder capital in, in the world because of the Democrat policies that kept all so many African-Americans struggling and economically depressed and oppressed and so desperate that the, the, the culture was just rife with, with they didn't have gangs down there because it was just mono mono and you were literally not safe anywhere in the city. I told I, th- I think I told this story last week. I would drive around with my purse up, my wallet up under my skirt, my purse in my back seat, in case anybody threw a brick. I, I was told by family members and, and cops down there, never sit at a red light. If you, you stop, you look around, you go forward. Now I wouldn't get a ticket. Because it's just not safe down there. But uh, as of June 5, 2022, homicides in New Orleans were up 46% over 2021 and up 89% over what they were in 2020. Almost a 100% increase in just two years. I mean, I know it's a different environment, but it's the same. I mean, look at look at Chicago. I mean, you know, much different than Louisiana. But you, there's no way you can walk down the street and feel safe, man or woman. Right. And economically... Um, uh, they're just the, the poverty down there. And this, this person just, you know, piggishly spends 30 K on travel. The article goes on to say, this is from Breitbart. The number of new Orleans police officers have dwindled to 12 under a, to, to well under a thousand people down, um, from more than 1300 a few years ago. There's only a thousand cops in new Orleans. Let me tell you, they need more than that just in, in during Mardi Gras. It's crazy down there. I had family members, Big Frank and Little Frank, 
um, were family members of mine that were cops that back in the 80s left the force because even in the 80s, they weren't allowed to police the way they needed to. And you get in after George Floyd, after, you know, uh, Michael Brown, Trayvon Martin and beyond the message is you can't do your job. And all that's done is just made it even worse down there. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. I will share with you guys, speaking of suffering, somehow I got on a suffering theme tonight. Uh, Our military is suffering. I know what it's like to grow up on that military pay and how hard it is, and I can't imagine doing it now. Guess what the Biden administration's response is. Guess what they're offering to the military families to help ease their pain. We'll share that with you when we come back on tonight's Andrea K. Show. Stay tuned. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Next segment, we're going to question whether or not this dude showed up at a rally in a dress because he introduced himself as a woman. Um, but I do want to get into a story that I haven't heard anybody talking about, and that is um, uh, the Pentagon's response to a soldier's. Uh, and their families who are struggling with the soaring food prices across the country. For those of you and, and, and who don't know, um, yes, you have uh, benefits in, in terms of being a military family. The way that they supposedly compensate you or to make up for the fact that um, you're, you're paid less than what people make in the, in, the, in the private sector is that you get certain supposed benefits. You get free medical care. Um, which is basically socialized medicine. Um, you know, I can remember so much of my childhood. I was very accident prone because I was a, a, a tomboy. And, you know, um, you know, if you, if you, if you went to the hospital, it didn't matter, uh, what you were sick with. You were going to, they were going to do a throat culture. And after you got through a certain, past a certain age, you were going to get a throat culture and a pelvic exam. You could go in with a busted knee and they're going to do a throat culture and a pelvic exam. And and then they're going to give you either the red the red syrup or the purple syrup, okay? Um, and then you supposedly were able to save money on uh, of food and other items and home items by shopping at the PX, the Post Exchange, um, Army or um, AFES, which is the Army Air Force Exchange Service uh, AFES, and um, and then they have the commissary, and the the in some and 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 you don't pay tax for any of that. But the problem is, is that in, in some instances, you can get better deals out in town on sale. Because while it's discounted with sales out there at places like Walmart and drugstores and clothing stores and stuff, you actually end up paying in some ways more money um, at, than at the commissary or even at AFI's. So I, I can't imagine right now. And then if you're a family, if you're a military family living in Iowa, they're all paid the same. So whether you're a military family living in Iowa or a military family living in San Diego County, uh, the pay for an E, whatever, whatever rank it is, is the same pay that it is regardless of where you're stationed. And in a place like San Diego, um, which is super high cost of living, even if you get lucky enough to get base housing, you still you know, are paying out your high knee to live. So what is the Pentagon's response today? On Particularly, particularly, what would you expect the Pentagon's response to be given the fact that we've just given another $80 billion or whatever to Ukraine? I don't even know how much, how, are, are we over the $2 trillion mark so far of what we've given to Ukraine? 
Got to be. It's been a lot of money. We know that we're at the trillion dollar mark, uh, depending on whose estimate it is, of we're wiping out student loan debt. Given all of that, we know how much it's costing us to have the flood of illegals come across the border. And they're, be, they're all being given housing and food and education. And, you know, you couldn't get baby formula, but it was on the shelves down at the, at the border, right? So what do you think the Pentagon's response is to these military families expressing how they're struggling and suffering with the high cost of living going on in this country today? Probably just tell them to uh, hang tight. We'll get through it together. They're telling them that they need to apply for welfare. Need to apply for welfare. First of all, if they can't afford, first of all, obviously they're underpaid, right? When you got to go on welfare, you're being underpaid. These are, and by the way, don't say, well, Andrea, you were just saying earlier, you know, these people aren't head of household jobs. Um, being a, a sergeant in the military, being, being, uh, you know, uh, these are supposedly head of household jobs where people are married with dependents. These are head of household jobs. And if they've got to go on welfare, they're underpaid. And I can tell you they are underpaid. They were underpaid back in the eighties and nineties. They were underpaid. They've been underpaid from the beginning of time. We're talking about people who sacrifice and risk their life for the government. They should be paid a heck of a lot more than they are. And by the way, it actually requires a lot more skill for almost every job in the military, even your enlisted, than anything anybody's doing in a grocery store, in a cafe, in a coffee shop, etc. Not to and and then to add insult to injury, the mindset that you have is one of incredible pride and patriotism and honor. And at least in the military that I know, there's still a shame of having to depend on your taxpayers instead of being able to support your family off of the wage of which you are you are, are earning as a worker. And there's nothing in the private sector that compares to what these heroes and their families go through. Absolutely nothing. This is such an insult and a slap in the face on so many different levels. It just absolutely kills me. They're being reduced to the same to to, to the same as people that are just lazy and don't want to work. They're being re- they're they're being treated as no better and no different than anybody who just broke their way into this country as a human trafficker. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But it doesn't surprise me. No, of course not. The money that we're spending around this country. On, on green energy boondoggle deals. America last. America last. This is this is this is um, meant to discourage. This is meant to discourage the patriotic people. This is this is a way to weed out those that are that uh, that believe in socialism and believe in, in in income redistribution, siphoning off other taxpayers versus those that have the mindset of I want to work a hard day and I want to be fairly compensated for it so I can su- support my family. And let me tell you, I know firsthand. I grew up born at Lejeune, lived in Terrible Terrace, nicknamed Terrible Terrace. Got family. Without, y'all been hearing these commercials about if you lived at Lejeune, contaminated water? That was me. That was my family. Mama had three cancers in four years recently, including kidney. Good grief. At least pay us 
fam- military families, at, at least pay military personnel and their families more than what you're trying to get paid for somebody who asks a question in a drive through do you want fries with that? Going to take a break. Final segment of the Andrea K. Show coming up. Who went to a... What alleged man went to a pro-abortion rally and introduced himself as a woman? Can we end on some little comedy tonight? Although this is kind of this is kind of some dark comedy, but we will share it with you when we come back from the break. Don't go away. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego. My name is John Fetterwoman. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, my name is John Fetterwoman. <laughs> You know, there's so much that's just really bad about that clip. First of all, what's really bad about that clip is that that was John Fetterman at a pro-abortion rally is that that's about the most cogent moment he had was him announcing himself as John Fetterwoman, right? And second of all, I mean, I mean, I guess it could be considered kitschy. Like, I'm one of you, right? As though, you know, trying to play off of his name, that I'm I'm here with one of you women, I respect you. But at a time in which we've got the left that literally thinks that you can identify as a different gender from one day to the next, I mean, I don't know what this dude is. If I mean, is he self-identifying as a woman? I don't know. And it, it, but, 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 uh, but many people would say we're not allowed to laugh about this guy. We're not allowed to joke about this guy because he's struggling. Andrea, I tweeted out today um, the the rest of his he, he did this speech at this campaign event and it was shocking. Absolutely shockingly bad. I guess we should just go ahead and play it and let people hear it. Clip eight. One of you, you didn't have a doctor in your life making fun of it making light of it or telling you that you're not fit to be served can you describe uh, a stroke and what you know what's happened if so i i use the example so pretend i was i want to go to wegmans it's such the most important race for the senate here for 22. We have to replace Pat Toomey. Oh, no. no. Senator Toomey was not very nice to me. He, Pat Toomey is a miracle. He had a chance. He had a chance. To match me up again, abortion is the ballot now in November. Wow. Um, oh, my gosh. I mean, that's incredibly painful. 
incredibly painful. I retweeted that today and I said that um, this is painful. And it's sadly painful is how I described it. And, and, and I went on to say that this was on Twitter, that it, it's sad and that this man's brain is sadly mush. And it is. And that I felt like it was analogous to the Democrat Party in many ways. And I had a, a couple of, quote, you know, um, conservatives say that I, I say, stop it. You know, we need to be focused on the issues, not on this man's disability. And it's like, are you kidding me? It, you, you're if you can't communicate, you can't do this job. It involves communications. On so many, whether you're able to communicate with your constituents, communicate with the media, communicate with your fellow uh, Congress people. Those well, I told ha- you before the show, Andrew, I don't care what this guy's policies are. Were this guy a conservative? I still don't think he should be running. No. He's absolutely unfit for office. There's nobody with this level of cognitive issues that should ever be running for any political office at all in this country. And this is just his hampered communication abilities. We have no idea what his comprehension abilities are when it comes to reading something. You, the, they have to be able to read bills. They have to be able to interpret what, what is, is saying in these bills, what these policies are, what the implications are for this. They've got to be able to have a tremendous endurance in terms of it's really long hours, particularly when you're a freshman going in to have to learn all the rules of the road in terms of how, you know, how the, the mechanisms and, 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 uh, in terms of this, this man is absolutely unfit. Even before we get into the craziness of his policies, it is absolutely fair game in terms of running for office. And oh, by the way, those that think that we got it, we can't touch this. This is why we lose. This is why we lose. We weren't allowed to talk about Barack Obama's communism and his and his sympathies towards Islam. 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 Oh, because that you know, we, you know, we, we we've we've got to take the high road here. This is why we're getting our butts kicked, and why our country is about to be destroyed. This is how we end up with five year olds being chemically chemically castrated in this country because Republicans too scared to talk about a difficult issue. You think the Democrats are they ever scared? Right now, right now they're raiding former Trump officials' homes and seizing their their devices over what. Because they might have wanted to do what Jamie Raskin did in 2016, which was, you know, try to try to support a movement to stop the the certification of electors. This is why we lose. Being too afraid to fight. Get out of the way if you're too afraid to fight. It's like Brigitte Gabriel said one time to this moderate moderate Muslim, you know, yes, moderate Muslims exist, but you're you know, you're you're irrelevant to the to the battle. Because you don't do anything to help. So why should we why should we have anything to do with you? You need to be ignored and get out of the way and let us fight this battle. And we are in a war. We're absolutely in a war. They've declared war against me. So I'm gonna fight. And I hope you'll join me every night of the week, six PM Pacific time right here. Tomorrow night, Naomi Wolf. Don't miss it. Come on. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.